When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Live on SENSA, welcome to Redlegs Radio for climate, air conditioning and solar. South Australia's biggest Aiken dealer. This winter, come home to climate. Good evening, Red and Blue Army, and welcome to another edition of Redlegs Radio. My name is Dale Fleming, and I'm joined by my co-hosts, Richard Kelly and Josh Teekle. How are you, Joshy? Very good, Flem. How are you? Not too bad, mate. I'm in better spirits because there was a good effort. Yeah, we tried hard. Yeah, and at Glenelg on the right. weekend, and we'll get into that in a moment. How are you, Dickie? Oh, look, I'm still a bit flat. Are you? <laughs> still a bit flat, yeah. Zero mm. and four. Yeah, not, not a nice place to be. Yeah, we go down to Alberton this week. I'm going to remind you of something you mentioned a couple of shows back. What do you think that would be? Uh, last time we went to Alberton, we were zero wins. That's right. Yeah. In 1994, you actually called it. You said we went mm. down to Alberton after four losses. Mm. Ooh. And we don't often, we certainly in those days didn't often win down there. No. And we had a famous victory and yeah. got I our season it was, underway. It was, it was quite a, well, similar to today. Overcast, rainy. Freezing. Um, I just remember this line that Craigie always said, you win down at Alberton and the car just drives itself home. <laughs> he, <did too. laughs> he absolutely did. And it felt that way, didn't it? Look, uh, we've got a big show in store, and we'll get into the game uh, last week against the Bays in a moment. Uh, we'll have a look, close look at that. Um, as I mentioned, a much better effort down there this week. Didn't feel like a five-goal loss, um, and we'll get into why. We'll have a look at the women, uh, Josh, who are flying at the moment. Absolutely flying, Flem. 31-point win. Third on the ladder. No, sorry, 36. 36, yes. Six-goal win. In terrible conditions. Yeah, but they really put out, put on, uh, put out their great performance, and... Uh, We'll have a look at that as well as we've, we'll be joined by Craig Roberts, our, our uh, talent manager and junior, the, the guy who heads up all our junior development yes. programs. Coach of the under-16s as well. That's right. And we'll have a close look at what's going on there. And um, we'll also catch up with uh, uh, Chris Brown. Yes. Uh, one of the uh, people who do a power of work yep. uh, on our history committee. Mm. And uh, at the moment, there's some fantastic exhibitions going on around yep. uh, Adelaide in, in the Norwood Paynham St. Uh, Norwood Paynham St. Peter's Council. So we'll have a chat to Brownie and then we'll bring it home with a look at uh, our game up the road, Dickie, at our, our arch rivals, uh, Alberton, playing Port Adelaide, and uh, hopefully the cars drive themselves home. <laughs> I used to love playing at Alberton. I don't know why, but you just walk down that fence there near the bowling club to come out the field and everyone just be yelling at you. Yeah, I know. Um, but it was good. It just sort of got you... Got you going for the day. and Well, uh, I was often at full back, and I reckon the Port Adelaide cheer squad knew everything about me, my mother, my sister, <laughs> uh, and it wasn't good stuff, I can tell you. But uh, we'll get into that in a moment. And we'll also jump two weeks ahead, Josh, because we are going to Port Lincoln yep. uh, on May 13th to play West Adelaide for the Teakle Cup. And uh, that's nothing to do with your last name, is it, mate? Oh, uh, it was a part of the interview process, Flem. I said, if I'm coming on board, you'd better name something after me. That's right. But no, no, no. Peter Tickle Wines, our fantastic uh, partners over on the EP. Um, that will be a fantastic day. Um, 
Teakle Cup. Yeah, absolutely. We're looking forward to that. It's a great trip. And, uh, you know, last year we, we managed to have a win and hopefully we can do that again. And we turn the corner, Richard, hopefully at 2-4, which is a lot better than where we're at, a lot better than 1-5 or 0-6, uh, I can show you. We'll, we'll turn the corner. Yeah. I've got no doubt. We've got um, some good ins this week, which we'll get back to um, later. I think the the spirit and the competitiveness that we showed for most of the game last week was certainly a lot better than what it has been before. Well, it was. And as I said, it didn't feel like a five-goal loss. And uh, at quarter time, Josh, mm. um, if you were writing your match report, which, which I, I know, was, which I know you do, you, you update it quarter by quarter and stay right in the moment and get those social posts out and do a magnificent job you do, um, you would have been writing things like the effort was there, yeah, um, that we... There's a, there's a spirit out there. Yep. We've brought our game, and um, and and overwhelmingly the the nature of your report would have been that um, is pretty positive, and and that we're in this game. Absolutely, I think like the first three weeks we lost by average of fifty one points and led about fourteen goals a game through. Um, now, it's it's a shame that we did lose by thirty points in the end because that that certainly didn't reflect the. The spirit and the competitiveness that the uh, the side showed um, on Sunday at the Bay. Um, tough conditions again, as it was all week. And yeah, look, we we actually started really well. We led at quarter time for the first time this year, uh, four points up, and really played the game on our terms in certain parts. Uh, Jackson Callow was you know, had a quieter game in his first game back in Redlegs colours since 2021. Obviously, be, be better for the run. I know. I know he's a bit sore, but uh, yeah. it's still he's got one under the belt. Absolutely, right? but provided just a great contest every time, sort of Charlie Dixon style. You know, he doesn't have to mark it all the time, but brought it to ground. Someone that the players could kick to, know that he's up there. Um, and I thought he was important, even though um, didn't have the biggest game disposals-wise, particularly in that first half. We just knew that he was there. Um, and looked strong in that second quarter again, um, controlled the game in in parts. But look, the last three goals of the half went to Glenelg. Went down, uh, went into halftime, 10 points down, which, which was costly. Um, couldn't quite get right back in the game on the scoreboard after halftime. Uh, Glenelg put the game to bed early in the last quarter with three straight goals again. Um, we, we fired back with a couple late, uh, got the margin back to about 17 points, but never really were able to properly challenge scoreboard style after half time. Well, that's right. And momentum's everything in footy, isn't it, Dickie? And, you know, when you start the game well and, you, and you're in it right up until just before half time and they kick away a yeah. bit, you just go in at half time and you're, you know. We're only two or three goals, and it's a five-six goal lead. You know, so I'm sure the boys went in there, and Twig would have, you know, said to them, "Look, we're in this game. We're playing our style of football. Uh, a few things haven't gone our way, but we've got to, you know, keep our heads up, go out there, and put scoreboard pressure on." And unfortunately, we weren't able to do that. But you know, sitting there and watching, I was actually pretty happy with the effort. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, first, like the whole game, they tried so hard. The spirit was there. The intensity was there. The competitiveness was there the whole game. Um, certainly not a walkover um, by, by any stretch. And, and like I said, it was a real, really disappointing that we lost by five goals because it didn't reflect uh, the nature of, of the game at all. Totally agree. And, and Matty Panos back in the twos? Yeah, yeah. They, they're two. Yeah, just back on that. I mean, they kicked a couple of goals late, which blew the margin out a yeah. little bit. But if you think about it from a player's point of view, like you're, you, you, you're hanging in there, you're going okay, you come into the last quarter and they kick the first two and it's almost like, 
sort of here we go again. Yep. It's, I think it's a bit of a mindset that the guys perhaps just need to confidence, mm. uh, it's just a couple of pieces of luck to turn it around, a bit of hardness uh, about sort of how we go about it, yep. which we know the traits of, of what Twig's been able to build mm. is that. We'll, I, we'll see it again. I thought it was important that we did kick those couple goals late through. That was through Tahini and um, I think it was Robinson as well. In that last quarter, they were getting away. We've yeah. had a tendency to let opposition score seven goals in a row or, or big clumps of goals. Um, so to stem the flow and actually feel like we were back in the game yeah. um, in that last quarter was, was really important. That's a good point because you, you walk away with a seven or eight goal yeah. loss and yeah. it's, well, Again, we're so yeah. far off the yeah. mark. Yeah. We walk away, okay, we lost by five goals down at the bays. They're a good side, yeah. okay? They're going to beat you more often than not down there. It's not a huge margin. We walk away, good effort, tails up, Let's go down to Elberton next week and let's make sure the car drives itself home, Dickie. <laughs> Definitely. Okay. Go past that cemetery. And... That's right. So well, let's move on, guys. Um, before I do, though, just for the listeners out there, Jack Saunders, he's, he's okay. Yes. Um, obviously, there was a nasty incident yep. um, and that's been dealt with by the Sample. We won't go into that, but he's okay. All right. He's a good kid and he's a tough boy and he'll be back. Yeah. Um, now, the, the women. Let's, uh, let's turn it on to the women here. They are playing some great football. They and certainly a six are. Six-goal win against Sturt. Uh, you'll take every day of the week, won't you? Definitely. When you travel to Unley Oval, um, you will Wigan Oval as it is now. You will take a win any time you go there. But particularly when you know Sturt's a good side in that women's league, um, and it was absolutely raining cats and dogs. Flem. It was a Saturday morning game, um, and it was pelting with rain. So to, to Get seven goals on the board, um, score f- over 50 points um, is, is a big score in the, the women's league. And um, they are playing in inspiring football. Uh, they won, they've won, I think it's, they've gone four and one since round three. Started really slow, uh, which was di- a very disappointing start because they had a really good preseason. But they've just continued to impress since that, um, since that start. They dropped last week against North Adelaide, which was um, which was disappointing. Uh, otherwise, they would have gone six in a row. But um, thirty six points looked really strong. Um, worst conditions of the weekend, and we're third on the ladder now, and doing everything in our power to sew up a final spot. Yeah, look, it was an important win because um, Sturt are pretty close to us on the ladder. Three games to go. Mm. Um, look, South at the moment look like they're the um, the ones to to hunt and to beat. Um, they've they've only lost one game for the year, so we owe we owe them. Mm. We we do owe them um, from a couple of weeks ago uh, yep. with with the girls. So I know we have got Eagles this week, Westies the week after, and I reckon we might have South Let's the last. Finish game. with South. We started. We I think we played South maybe in round two or three, right when we were um, right in the midst of that struggling period to start the season off. Uh, it'll be interesting to play them on our home deck uh, to finish the season. Yep. The other interesting thing about the women's competition right now is we're in round 10 with three games to go. Yeah. The AFLW girls are back at pre-season. So you'll find that the mix um, of a lot of clubs will change for the next three games yeah. because they lose their AFLW players do, back yeah. to that system. So everyone loses some. South lose some, Central's lose some, we lose some, Sturt lose some. So it'd be interesting to see clearly our development team, um, there's some depth there. Yeah, very so strong. There's some girls that will be able to step up. Clearly, South won the Development League Grand Final, so there's obviously some girls that will step up there. But how does that change the mix of um, games in the next three weeks? Well, that's right. But, you know, all we can do is keep winning, and then the rest will take care of itself. We win, 
two of our last three, or three of our last we'll three. We'll finish second or third. We have guaranteed ourselves a double chance, yep. right? So um, get behind the girls out there, all the listeners out there, because they're going well. And uh, like we said earlier, the boys, I think, have turned the corner. Yeah. And uh, get down to Elberton this week. There's nothing better than seeing a great Norwood supporter base yeah. at Elberton. They'll be oh. represented in their black and white, uh, by their black and white supporters. Get down there, Red and Blue Army, and let's take them on, on and off the field, and let's get a win down there. We'll be uh, having a short break now, and then we'll be back after that break and catching up with our talent manager, Craig Roberts. You're listening to Red Legs Radio. It's a grand old flag, it's a high-flying flag, it's the emblem for me and for you. Live on SENSA, you're listening to Red Legs Radio. Thanks to Climate, Air Conditioning and Solar, proud sponsor of the Red Legs. Welcome back, Red and Blue Army. Thanks for staying with us. Now, uh, Richard, we're in the second quarter here, and if I go back in time during your career, this is about the time you break the tag. Because <laughs> you, you've sussed out the tag in the first quarter. I'm not sure I ever got tagged. Oh, okay. <laughs> maybe, told, maybe a couple you, of times. You just told me maybe, to say that in the break, maybe, mate. Maybe a couple of times. <laughs> That's why you broke the tag. They, they no just one's run running past with me. you. <laughs> they just run past me. He was the hardest man to tag in a five-metre zone, right? Cause, uh, no one could tackle me. That's just what, had to shake the hips. That's and what I'm saying, go. mate. You had, uh, back in the day, well, these days they call it strength in the core. Correct. Back in our day, you had a big you-know-what. <laughs> but uh, you were a very good ball getter and hard to tackle. I do remember when you went to Glenelg. Uh, before that, it was good to have you on and be on the same side. Now, Josh, yes, uh, in a Glenn. moment we're going to have a chat with Craig Roberts, but before we do... You've got a little bit of an update. We had a couple of state games uh, just happen over the weekend yes. for the girls. On Sunday, our uh, state team went over to Perth to play WA. Uh, this is the AFL National Championships, of course. Uh, Under-16s were playing in their second game. They got a good win over, I think it was Vic Metro Country. I can't remember the exact Victorian team um, in game one. And then continued on their merry way in game two. Uh, they won by 29 points against uh, WA on Sunday. We had three. We have three girls in that squad: Flem, Charlie Hazelhurst, Ash Bianchi, and Kaya Jaffa um, are in that squad, and clearly much better than WA at this point in time. And uh, over in um, the under 18 girls also played, uh, had a similar result. I think it was 35 point win. Um, Kobe Morgan and Molly Brooksby are our redlegs um, in that under-18s team. Uh, Molly is uh, starting to play some good football now that she's back from injury. Kobe's been very good um, in our Sample W team uh, every game this year. So it's good that they're representing um, Norwood on a state level now. Yeah, fantastic. And look, it's just great that you know when it comes to the girls' program, all these other... Um, opportunities, um, which uh, weren't around five to ten years yep. ago, are there for them now. And um, the girls did us proud, and uh, it's great to see them getting that opportunity. Now, uh, boys, we're joined by uh, our talent manager. Yes, what an uh, honour. Craig Roberts has stepped into the studio. How are you going, Robbo? Good, thanks, Dale. Guys, thanks for having me again. Looking forward to it. No worries. Well, this is the second of our, what will be a monthly segment uh, where we'll have a really good chat about the, the junior program and all the talent pathways that uh, you look after. Before we get into that business, though, your under-16s are flying. They had a good win against top of the table, Glenelg, and are now just a game out of the four. Yeah, look, Glenelg are uh, really good in their juniors. I think they've played in the last three under-16, grand, uh, five under-16 grand finals and 18s. They've got a really good program down there. So we had our backs against the walls, but um, to the boys' credit, they stepped up. 
Um, just we got up by 20 points. It was a great game of footy for those that were there watching the game. Um, it was a really good spectacle. Just some names to throw out there as well for those people listening. We've got young Toby Callow, Jackson's younger brother, that stepped up and kicked five. So uh, he's going a little bit better than his brother at the moment, mm. who's coming back from an injury. Oh, also, wow. also another good story. Young <laughs> whack. Na- na- whack. Yeah. Throwing some shade over uh, here. Jim, wow. Jim, yep. have you seen the size of Jackson, mate? I wouldn't be saying that too quickly. Oh, but... no, look, I don't mind firing up Jackson. Well, it gets, it gets a, it's a little bit of a sore point with him. I'll t- I tell you a quick funny story. Wayne Walker uh, said to uh, Jacko, after the game, he knew he's a bit sore. He goes, "That's okay, one callow out, one callow in." <laughs> yeah, well, Toby, Toby's made the move and he's going really well and stepped up and had a big one. Young Noah Dore, who's been missing for eleven months, broke his leg in two really serious spots last year. Um, he was part of state squads and he made his first game back, which was good. And a couple other people, obviously Richard won't talk about him, but Jim had an outstanding game with thirty odd touches. Um, his youngest. Boy, youngest male son. He's not getting tagged, is he? No, no, no. He just he just seems to find his own way around. And then uh, we had a couple of other boys, and one other mentioned. We got a young lad from Lincoln because I know people are interested in there, and a young Robert Varco, who's um, had an outstanding season since making the move. And we've actually got six of our kids in the state sixteen squad at the moment, so it'll be an interesting month ahead oh, to so see how many make it. I know, Josh, you got a question quickly. Robert Varco, any relation to Georgie? Remember Georgie Varco? Must be his son we played with. Maybe it was after you went to Glenelg. Anyway, yeah. I'll have to uh, look into that one. Now, Joshy, you've got a couple of questions for our talent manager. I do. No, I, I like um, every week, Robbo, I see this name right at the top of the disposal list, Jeff Rosenbilds. Yep. He seems to find the footy really well. Yeah, Jeff finds it. He, um, We've had to work a little bit on his defensive side of his game, but um, as the problem with most under-16 kids, we've got kids that can find it. It's about their decision-making and how they use it. And on the weekend, and Richard was there as well, probably talk about all our boys coming to the top, mm. that they used it really well. It was a good game of footy. Yeah, it was certainly the best game I've seen the 16s play there. I think the decision-making, their skill... Their ability to go forward and find targets was um, was was the best I've seen this year. Yeah, and one stat on there that you might want to know, Josh: plus forty tackles in a winning wow. side. So where they're competitive. Ruckman great. had thirteen tackles. Yep. And so outstanding. Robbo, for the listeners out there, you mentioned decision making. Yep. Oh, Ninety-seven uh, tackles. That's amazing. Well, that's a good effort, isn't it? <laughs> how do you tr- how do you teach young footballers coming through decision making? Biggest thing we try and do is they come from local footy where they're just the best footballers. No one tackles them, no one does anything. So one of the things we try and teach them is just getting some composure about their game and actually taking that couple of seconds to make the right decision in going forward. And once we do that, their decision-making will start taking process. Get back, take a couple of minutes, seconds, and go. Yeah, and I bet that you'd much rather see a, a player have a you know a 20-disposal game where they find the right target every time then a 35, you know, 40 disposal game is amazing. But I bet you'd rather them show that team aspect, find the right kick uh, and not just go the ball all the time. Absolutely. That's that's the important part of them growing as a footballer and then they understand that that's playing their role. We often use the word junk. There's a lot of blokes out there, and I'm, I'm not saying this was Richard in his day, but he probably got a lot of junk footy out the back wow. at times as well. But uh, I can verify that. <laughs> it's about getting yourself in the right spot. That's yeah. what it is. But as, as Richard just touched on before, our Ruckman, 13 tackles. Yeah. Unbelievable Effort, yeah. so unlikely game where there was you Norwood had more tackles and more disposals, so that just shows the, the will and intent for the footy, yeah. And Robbo, just on the 16s and 18s this week, 18s sort of dropped their dropped a game, but hopefully they can get back on the track this week. Similar to the AFLW, that the the um the schedule not the schedule but the the makeup of the teams changes a lot because the college kids go back and play now, yep. So you'll see some results, you know, 
highly different to what we've seen in the last sort of three or four weeks. Absolutely. It, it gives kids a great opportunity to play at the highest level, which is great, but you will see some teams that do really well in the first half, lose their players, and then um, you've just got to find ways to teach and educate and go a little bit back to basics and, and just let them play footy. Well, that, that hurts us probably as much as anyone, doesn't it? We, yeah, we lose us, more than us Glenelg and Sturt yeah. seem to cop the biggest one because of our demographics. So in the 16s, to give you a bit of an idea, I lose 35 kids to college football wow. this year. Um, which makes it tough. Now, Robbo, you're about to jet, uh, jet off over to the EP. Yep, that's uh, correct. Ahead of our Port Lincoln game. Uh, you're doing some amazing things over there, and I know you want to talk about that uh, trip that's coming up. Yeah, so we're heading over there Monday. I'm going over with Kate and Alana, who works at the footy club as well, and we've got some under. We've started some under-13s and 14 development squads, and we'll do one in Woodner on Monday, and then we'll follow it up with our fantastic documentary that uh, we had where we'll introduce that to the country people. Journey Which is on called Fortis. Fortis, yep. And then journey on to Port Lincoln where we're visiting schools all day throughout the region. Do another um, 13s, 14s development squad. Watch the video again in the Lincoln cinemas. So we're hoping to pack that out and get as many people as we can. And then on the Wednesday, we go and um, show that to Cleve. So there's some great opportunities with school visits, 13s and 14s developments. We've just finished our 16s and 18s program over there. And uh, things are going really well. And uh, you'll be driving over in... I'll be driving over in the magnificent Mazda BT50. Oh. Not just Mazda BT50. Paradise. Paradise Mazda BT50, Robert. This is only my second time, so I'll, make, okay. I'll learn that. Paradise Mazda. Practice that in the mirror next yep. Thanks time. Thanks to Jeff and Ben Neal down there. It's a beautiful a magnificent car. vehicle, isn't it? And it does the job for you, doesn't it? Let's take over all the footies and all the equipment that you need. Absolutely. So we'll be, when I leave on Sunday, we'll be chock-a-block full of things and uh, go and spread the word of Nord to the, the EP, which um, we're building a really strong relationship with. And it's good. Fantastic work, mate, and great work what you're doing there. And, uh, of course, the rest of your uh, uh, support staff and coaches for our underage program, both across the boys and the women's. Um, you know, I think uh, we've got some really good talent coming through and they couldn't be in better hands. Now, uh, boys, we're going to have a break. Uh, mm -hmm. Thanks, Craig, for joining us. And you're we'll welcome. see you again in about a month for the next update. We'll have a break. And then we're going to go back in time. Beautiful. You're Brownie. That's right. You're listening to Red Legs Radio. It's a grand old flag. It's a high-flying flag. It's the emblem for me and for you. Live on SENSA, you're listening to Red Legs Radio. Thanks to Climate, Air Conditioning and Solar, proud sponsor of the Red Legs. Welcome back, Red and Blue Army. We're into the third quarter. And now, uh, Josh, that's the quarter that... Uh, at the old Pembroke, what are you guys called? Oh, the way, the Kings. The Kings? Yeah. It's a, the third quarter is where they Kings. move you into the forward line just to capitalise on, on, on the confidence or the, the, the momentum and yes. you go up forward and, and you kick a few goals. Is that right? Well, yeah, that is that is exactly what happened on, on Saturday, but um, we were the ones that got uh, scored against heavily oh, in the what, third quarter. I what, reckon hap we... what happens this weekend? Obviously, we're, we're talking to Chris at the moment with history, the history stuff, but the Kings, right? Mm. The coronation is there? Is Ooh, there? Yeah. Is there a correlation? Who you, who's Pembroke playing? Surely you brought out a range Ooh. of merchandise to make a lot of money for the club on that oh, one. Of course, <laughs> yeah, no. I thought so. We've got uh, we got met Westminster this week actually. West, what is the coronation happening at Westminster Abbey? Oh my God, Richard! You've missed <laughs> your, oh, there you go. You've missed your calling. <laughs> wow. This is unbelievable. It's all happening. So That's uh, for sure. go away from this show, Joshy, and make sure you capitalise on that one. Now, boys, we're going back in time. Oh yeah. We're going back in time and we're going to speak about history. And uh, we're joined by uh, a fella who meets with a group of people nearly every second or third week and they run our history program. 
And uh, that man is Chris Brown. And welcome to Red Legs Radio, Brownie. Hi, Dale. Hi, Josh. Hi, Richard. Thanks for having me on today. Mate, pleasure to have you on. And uh, we're going to do this sort of every uh, so often. We're going to get you on or the history group, someone from the history group, and, and have a chat about all the great work that you guys do behind the scenes, which we'll get into in a moment. But before we do, for the benefit of the listeners, can you tell us a little bit about the history group and what you do? Yeah, thanks, Dale. Well, we, um, we're actually a subcommittee of the board, but our uh, charter is to be the custodians of the club's uh, historical collection of archival material. So we've got uh, material going right back to 1878, the very first minute book. All up, we've got about 4,000 items and probably around 20,000 photographs and there's probably about a dozen or so of us who who look after that collection for the club and we're, we're preparing now for a museum to be opened in the not too distant future. Fantastic. In fact, the other day, uh, our CEO, James Fantasia, was walking around the office showing off the very first McGarry medal, still in its case, well-preserved and estimated to be anywhere up to a quarter of a million dollars in value. That's one of the artefacts that uh, the history group looks after. Another couple that they look after, uh, yourself and me, Richard, a couple <laughs> of old, old relics. <laughs> um, uh, getting serious here. Now, Joshy, I know you've got some questions for uh, Brownie. I do, I do. Brownie, hello. Um, we have a couple of exhibitions coming up uh, as part of the History Festival. Beyond the Bleachers is happening in at the... Cultural Heritage Centre on Paynham Road uh, this month, the 1st to the 30th of May. Uh, can you talk us through that exhibition, please? Sure. Um, the council and the club have uh, partnered together to put on a uh, display of just a fraction of some of the material that we have, which is on now at the uh, Cultural Centre on Paynham Road, the St Peter's Town Hall next to the library there. And... Um, I've got some fantastic items in there. Uh, there's a, a football from the 1929 grand final. We've got a number of uh, premiership dinner menus and smoke social programs. The very impressive Art of Cup, which I reckon would be a metre high. And there's even a, an area where you can sit uh, on, a, on a bench and watch some audiovisual uh, footage. And, and that exhibition is called Beyond the Bleachers. And it's free, and it's open until uh, the end of May. Is that uh, footage, Brownie? Just quickly, is that the footage we found at Gallipoli or on, you know, in the World War One when there was some uh, Norwood footballers kicking around a ball or something like that? I'm not sure that that footage is in it, but I'm pretty sure there's footage in it from uh, the 1950 Grand Final, maybe some from the game we played against North Adelaide at uh, the SCG some of the more modern grand finals. Um, but we've got so much footage, it's hard to decide what to actually put on. Mm. Indeed, indeed, Brownie. It's an amazing collection of, um, of artefacts there. Um, and I'm sure everyone will get along and have a look at that. Very exciting stuff. And um, there's another thing that's going on, Brownie, that you're running. It's Footy Frontiers and Pioneers, and this is timely. It's the origins of the Nord and Port Adelaide rivalry. Of course, we're playing Port Adelaide this weekend. Um, talk us through what's happening there on the 23rd of May at Paynham Library. Yeah, so this is another uh, partnership between the council and the footy club and uh, they asked uh, 
if um, someone could come along and, and do a talk and they asked for this one to be done. Obviously, the Norwood Port rivalry is, is pretty special to our two clubs, but bigger than that, it's one of the oldest rivalries in Australian sport and um, it, it, it didn't just evolve over a period of time. It, it got going pretty quickly in the very early days. There were a few incidents in 1882 and 1884, Port became the first club to actually uh, pip Norwood for the premiership after Norwood won the first six premierships in the competition when it entered. And there was a bit of a, a rumble, at uh, a bit like the Ramsgate between Rashido and Josh Carr. <laughs> we had one of our own back in uh, 1882 and a few people were charged with assault and locked up in the watch house. And uh, another occasion, Port wouldn't even let our players into the ground at Alberton Oval after they'd made the long train trip down there and that, that caused a bit of a, a dispute as well. So there are lots of these little things that, that went on in the 1880s and 90s and then, of course, when we started playing grand finals, we played the first SAFA grand final against each other in 1889, which Norwood duly won. And when I was looking back over my notes, I, I think we actually played Port in about five out of the first six grand finals that uh, that we played, and we kept beating them. Well, there, Chris, there's some great history there um, between the two clubs, and um, there's, it's been well documented um, sort of the rivalry. Just from a supporter's point of view, like what what's your favourite memory of, or a couple of favourite memories of of the, of the Port Norwood rivalry? Well, a few that uh, would would stick out to me would be uh, the. History Makers Premiership win in 1984. Uh, a very sad memory was Scott Hodges' uh, preliminary final yes. kick down there at Football Park. <laughs> I was in the goal square that day. Just sailed over. My yeah, head. I, I was in the stands, yeah. suspended, meant to be playing on him. <laughs> Your fault, Dale. Uh, yeah, that wasn't a great one. I was one. right behind. Yeah. yeah, I was right behind the kick in the uh, members' stand there at Football Park, and uh, that, that image is etched in my mind. And but more recently, the 2014 yes. grand final for me was very special because from memory, I think Steve Summerton, the captain of Port Adelaide, was the only SNFL player in that team. And uh, Norwood 21 took on 20 AFL-listed players and it was a four-point thriller with the ball heading in the direction of Port's goals when the final Sorry, sound, yep. sounded. Yeah, no, there's a lot of fantastic history. Like, Of course, we got... The Collingwood Carlton, Collingwood Essendon, even the showdown now is uh, so well talked about. Um, a lot of you know older fans would remember the Port Norwood glory days, and uh, but the younger fans wouldn't know a lot about it. Uh, so definitely get down to the Paynham Library on Tuesday, the twenty third of May, learn about all this amazing, um, this, this amazing rivalry between two um, great clubs. As we said earlier, what a great opportunity to turn our season around against yes. our old rivals. Now, Brownie, we're out of time, mate, but uh, before you go, um, just fantastic work that you guys do. Um, you know, I could name all the names on the history committee and uh, I'll probably leave one out, so I won't. But uh, full credit to yourself and that group for all the work you do and for all the listeners out there. If you haven't gone onto our website on the norwoodfc.com.a uh, website and then found the history menu and then gone into the history website, you are missing out because mm. there's an absolute tremendous amount of information about yep. our football club. So get on there, support the history group in the great work they do, and thanks for joining us, Brownie. Thanks, guys.
Unbelievable amount of work behind the scenes there, boys. Uh, you just have no idea how mm. much they do. I see a meeting all the time. The amount of information they are in the club this morning. Managing, yeah. yeah. The, someone from there's every uh, yep. from the history groups there every day. So uh, well done to that group. Now we're going to take a break, and then we'll come uh, back after the break in the last quarter. We'll have a look at the game against Port Adelaide, and we'll talk a little bit about uh, the game in two weeks up in Port Lincoln. You're listening to Red Legs Radio. It's a grand old flag. It's a high Live on SENSA, you're listening to Red Legs Radio. Thanks to Climate, Air Conditioning and Solar, proud sponsor of the Red Legs. Welcome back, Red and Blue Army, for the last quarter of Red Legs Radio. We've got a bit to get through, so I'm going to move things along. Um, before we get into the match uh, preview, guys, uh, the Barossa Boy of the Week, which we uh, do every week, uh, Jess and Trent Burge there, um, uh, great supporters from Barossa Boy, uh, have taken a little bit of a different approach this week. They have given three votes each mm-hmm. to our dual skippers, Matthew Nunn and Jacob Kennelly. And I'm just going to have a little bit of a read from their post. Um, Matty and Jacob, as they both uh, are awarded three votes, as they both embody the openness, mateship, bravery, which makes our club so great. On and off the field, you boys have our full support. Isn't that fantastic? It absolutely is. Obviously, the um, announcements late last week that we uh, change in the captaincy with Jacob Kenley coming up to co-captain status alongside Matthew Nunn. Um, you personal reasons going on with Nunny. You can read the full story on the Norwood Football Club website. And uh, it's been great to see so much support going Nunny's way um, on social media. And, um, and from what I've heard... In the stands. It's been fantastic. Well, uh, both those boys are uh, rock solid like a great uh, Barossa boy, uh, Shiraz, mate. Uh, There you go. Now, Dickie, People's Choice, Choice, give us a quick update on that. Yeah, People's Choice Awards. um, This week, Nick Rokar received the 10 votes uh, from the the supporters, uh, followed by Harry Boyd, I think it was. Let me just check my notes. Yeah, Harry, Bain and Lowe, then Harry Boyd. So Harry Boyd's actually shot to second on the ladder. Uh, and Nick Rokar's come up to third. And Tom Donnelly's still ahead. I thought Nick Rokar was very good. He had 28 disposals, um, clearances and, and whatnot, uh, tackles as well. He was he was a beast in there, tough yeah, he, conditions. He led the way. He yep. led the way. And that's the type of person and, and type of um, game that we want to see from a few others. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Now, let's move along, boys. Uh, let's have a look at this week's game. Uh, we've mentioned it. We're going down to Elberton to... Uh, to uh, play our old rivals, Port Adelaide. Yes. And, uh, Josh, let's start with the team. Because yep. I know you've got the team there. Yep. Um, and, of course, the teams are brought to us by our great supporters, Paradise Mazda. Yes. I think a lot of people will be very happy to see the name Matt Panos back in Woo-hoo. the lineup. Uh, so he has been named. Um, the ins this week is Pierce Seymour. Of course, another big in. Uh, Matt number pa- five. Number five. Dale Fleming's number, number five. five. Um, of course, uh, Pat Walker is uh, due to make his debut this week. Great. Um, so he played in the reserves mm-hmm. over the weekend, well. quite solid. Uh, back from injury through the reserves on the weekend. Um, he is a Tasmanian, uh, formerly on North Melbourne's list. Uh, big week for the Tasmanians, of course. A- absolutely Len. big week. Uh, transfer is also back in um, Lock Pasco. Uh, the outs are Saunders, of course, with his uh, neck concussion. Injury, uh, Jackson Callow and Logan Evans. Yep. Now, boys, how many times have I told you to turn off your phone <laughs> before we're on air? Yeah, Jackson. Yeah. I mean, Jackson did have a great game last week. Probably better for the run, but I, I'm not sure if he's in. I think he's probably 
just needs another couple of weeks on the training track to, to get yeah, yeah, right. that's right. He copped a knock early, which mm. didn't help. Yeah, <laughs> no, definitely not. not. Not a cold day. Um, Goylock, Goylock, yes, coming back in. Sorry, coming in for a coming, debut as coming well. Coming in yep. for a debut. Yep. yep, listed a extended yep. squad is what I've got in front of me. So. Now, Richard, um, you know we're going down to Elverton. Uh, you've mentioned a little bit of history earlier in the show, but you've played down there plenty of times. Uh, what are we got to do? What I mean, we, we'll bring effort. We'll bring um, you know all the uh, things that we need to as a professional outfit. But there's just that little bit of extra um, that you need to be up for when you're down, when you're playing down at Alberton, yeah, isn't there? Yeah, absolutely. The crowd, the atmosphere, the um, the opposition, the the history, um, all that goes into it. Um, I, I think if you look at last week's game, we've made a step. Make another step, or we'll win. I think that's sort of the, the, the mentality that the team's got to sort of take into it. So, um, yeah, always, always tough. They'll have a few of their AFL listed players sort of playing. Mm-hmm. I know their AFL team has 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 been hit by a little bit of injury. Yep. Tommy Jonas and, and Toddy Marshall will go back in. Um, Xavier Dersma obviously had an injury Dersma's in the out, AFL. So how does that affect them? But, look, that's that's similar position to where we're at. We've, yep. we've been carrying injuries. So uh, it's, it's, it's up to us. We've just got to make sure we're... Um, we are highly competitive. What's the weather looking like? Uh, Saturday, well, actually tomorrow, they look like there's two to eight mil. So, wow. But, I mean, Albert and I was in pretty good nick. Mm. Um, there's no cricket pitch in the middle. Um, it'll drain quite well. Saturday, I think there's a, there's a mil. So it'll be reasonably dry, similar to similar But it'd almost weather. be great if it was a bit of rain, wind, <laughs> tough conditions. <laughs> yeah, I think we played in rain nearly every week this Yeah, it's this been season. like that, hasn't yeah. it? Um, you know, because the, the, you know, when you go out there and you, you, it's a bit cold and wet and rainy and you're playing port at Elberton, you know, it almost makes you focus. You mm. know, okay, I'm in for a tough day. Let's uh, let's uh, get on with it and let's uh, give it everything we've got. Now, I think as a, as a football team, we mentioned we turned the corner. Um, Twig's program, <laughs> typically in the last two years, has built yeah. over the year. Um, I'm sure he didn't want to be zero and four, but... Uh, he's been so cool and calm. You know, he uh, restructured training a little bit this week uh, on the back of um, perhaps the, the short week beforehand. And um, he's just very professional in the way he goes about it. So I think he will be getting this team ready for a great challenge. And I'm very confident, Josh, that we'll go down there and have our first win for the season. Absolutely. We've played three of the top four teams in the opening month of football, obviously Sturt, North and Glenelg, um, as well as the Eagles, who are outside the five at the moment, uh, play the Crows in a couple of weeks' time. Hopefully, um, after a couple of wins against Port Adelaide and also West Adelaide in um, in Port Lincoln when we go over there. So two and four, if we get the, the next couple against... Um, so Port Adelaide and uh, Westies are, I think they're, they're eighth and ninth on the ladder. So this is a big opportunity for us to get on the board, turn our season around and come back and face Adelaide on our home deck, two and four, hopefully. And with Matty Panos back as well. Mm. So, I mean, mm. up forward, he kicked three last week in the reserves. So hopefully he can um, hit the scoreboard. Uh, our last grand final win against Port Adelaide in 2014, Matty Panos was mm. the Jack Odie medalist. So, and last year when Matty Panos came back into the side, he kicked that winning goal against the Crows, mm. and that almost was the start of our yeah. roll on. Yeah. You know, we didn't look back after that. He so looked really gonna, strong in the reserves. History can repeat itself. We won't put it all on Matty Panos because no, there's no. 21 other players <laughs> out there that need to stand up, and I'm sure they will. So I'm very confident. Now, before we end the show, boys, we don't often look two weeks ahead, but we need to because it's a bit unique. Uh, obviously, we're travelling to Port Lincoln yep. to play West Adelaide on May 13th. 
That's in uh, two weeks' time or a week and a half time. And there's a fair bit going on. We've got you know, a fantastic uh, VIP welcome event um, for our partners and sponsors and local delegates from the leagues at the Peter Tickle Winery on the Friday night. On the match day, there are tickets available for the hospitality marquee at yep. Centenary Oval at Port Lincoln, which uh, any supporter can get online and, and buy. Drinks and food package, I believe, Flem. Five hours. Five I, hours. I'll tell you what, I might be buying one of those tickets. <laughs> uh, but anyway, and then after the game, we're at the Port Lincoln Hotel for our post-match yep. awards. Um and I, last time I looked, it was very difficult to get a room in Port Lincoln anywhere, but there are still some available. So if you haven't booked, make sure you book. Uh, there are s- some flights. It is obviously uh, drivable, but uh, for those supporters out there that haven't uh, made the commitment to come up in two weeks' time, uh, do so because it's a great, great, great weekend and a great few days. Yeah, another couple of things that are on the agenda for that weekend. Flem, we spoke with uh, Robbo about the the week leading up. He's got so many school visits and clinics and and whatnot's going on. But it's true celebration of the EP. I know on the football field we've got two curtain raisers from some representative teams from the Port Lincoln Football League. Also got a Dash for Cash, Flam. Dash for Cash, farmtender.com have yes. come on board to sponsor $500. One player from all of the uh, teams in the Port Lincoln League mm. will represent their club yep. in a Dash for Cash yep. before the game, 100 metres, yep. winner takes all, thanks to farmtender.com. And how much of a head start are you going to get in that race? Are you going to start from the 60 I'll mark, I'll start at Flem? the 90 metre mark. <laughs> If I'm any chance. Uh, no, that is, is fantastic. Prime, is Chris Prime representing anyone? No, he, he, he'll start at the 99 metre mark. <laughs> um, just on that, before we end the show, farmtender.com, um, fantastic place to buy, sell and swap and auction farm equipment and machinery. Um, another great supporter up there is SA Grain Services, you know, so we're really getting some fantastic partnerships in that uh, area and that industry. Um, but they've come on board and we want to build this every year on, year on to an iconic race and make sure that everyone looks forward to the farmtender.com dash for yeah. cash. So that'll be pre-game, Flem. I'm really looking forward to the weekend, my first Lincoln trip. Hope it's a great weekend because there's been a lot of work going into it. I am too, Joshy. You've been sensational, Richard. You've been just as good and I've been poor. Thanks for <laughs> listening to Red Legs Radio, Red and Blue Army. Get down to Elverton. Let's get behind the boys and let's get our first win. Play the legs. Keep your eye on the red and the blue.